Welcome to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Ross. Hi, Mike. And Joey. Good morning. And Tom. Hey. Before we get started, I just wanted to let our listeners know that we'll be in Washington, D.C. for the NACI Conference, the National Association for the Education of Young Children Conference. And we're presenting on Wednesday, November 14th, and it's a three-hour session, and we'll be doing our thing. So if you like the 10-minute, 15-minute uh, podcasts... <laughs> You'll love three hours of it. Um, no, but it, it'll be a little more interactive, uh, getting people to talk and things. So it'd be great to see you there. And now we'll get started. So what I wanted to talk about today was challenging behaviors. And for anybody who is in early childhood education, you know that every conference has workshops on challenging behaviors. And lots of people go to them because everyone worries about challenging behaviors. But I wanted to flip it a little bit and think about what are the challenging behaviors adults do, you know, the behaviors adults do that are challenging to kids? Because so often I see adults do things, the kids react in a way because they are confused, bored, annoyed, whatever. And then the adults get upset at the kids, like, why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. And in reality, it's because of the adult's behavior. So I'll give one example, and then I'd like to hear other ideas, because I'm sure there's other ways this happens. But so years ago, I was teaching and we were at a a place that did music classes for preschoolers. And they had only done it in that sort of parent-child way, you know, where the usually the kid's sitting in the parent's lap and they sing and play instruments together. And they asked my pre preschool class, they said, oh, this is great. We've been working with preschoolers for years. Why don't you bring your whole class? And so we went there and it was 18 kids and three adults. And we sat down and they hand all the kids a tambourine and then they start to talk. And of course the kids are like shaking the tambourines. And even the child who's not really playing it loudly is moving it around enough that a tambourine's gonna make noise no matter what you do. And then of course there's the kid who actually is wondering like, wow, if I hit it against the floor, it makes this sound. Or and, against my neighbor. Or yeah. against my neighbor, yeah. And the teacher was just like, the music teacher was just like, oh, we're not playing right now. We're gonna talk right now, hold them still. And she felt, found, you know, she was doing it over and over and afterwards she was clearly frazzled i met with her later that day and she was wondering what you know mm -hmm. kind of were did we have challenging kids <laughs> probably the word she used even and you know my answer was well when you give a child something especially a young child they're going to want to explore with it and that's actually what we like about young children right they they're curious they want to try things out mm -hmm. so if you don't want a child to do something you don't give it to them or you don't put it at their level and she said but we do it all the time and I had to explain when there's one adult per child the adult is the one regulating not the child um, and you know if you're teaching them about instruments you want them to be curious about it so mm -hmm. you're kind of stifling the one behavior that you're trying to teach so anyways mm -hmm. that's one example mm -hmm. But I was wondering what other examples you guys have. I have an example that's kind of a little different. Okay. One of, in one of my former lives, I was a soccer coach. Actually, I was a tennis instructor. And, uh, <laughs> and a curling <laughs> no, champion. No, no, no and... curling. I'm not from Duluth. So. <laughs> anyway, I knew very little about soccer. But I knew a lot about kids, little kids. And most, most people who knew a lot about soccer didn't know a lot about kids. So what they would do is they would set up drills for uh -huh. the kids and they would line the kids up and one kid would kick the ball right. to the net. Yep. And then he'd have to go to the back of the line and yep. then the yep. next yep. kid yep. would... I've seen that. And so one of the things I did as a, as a soccer coach was 
just to make sure that all the kids got to kick the ball all the time. So they, that's each, there's a ball for each kid, there's a, right. or, which usually there is. Or they're passing, or, or they're yeah. passing to each other, yeah. or, or there's a ball for each kid. Instead of having them line up right. one Wait. at a time, and that's when all the all the trouble begins because mm-hmm. you know they're pushing each other, they're bumping into each right. other, and and the coach gets frustrated. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. similar, right? right. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. and that's the challenging behavior that we are we the adults are saying it's the children who are doing this. Right. But What's wrong not, with those kids? Right. There's not that self reflection. Art, and I'd argue that it's probably just a lack of awareness or understanding of, yeah. of development mm-hmm. because. Well, we're adults. We've been adults for so long. Even when we think back to our childhood, we're at a point of probably more concrete operations where you have that perspective taking, you have the ability to kind of regulate more, or you just were obedient or shamed into like, you. this is what you do now, so these are the rules, rather than going way back to that explorative time where... A tambourine, look, this thing makes noise. Oh, I want to figure out what it does. Right. And when you're that adult who isn't at that place, it gets to that projection of why aren't you doing what I want right. you to do? Which is in a weird way, it's like the two and three year olds when they're like, I want to play fire trucks. So obviously everybody else in the room wants to play fire trucks. Right, right. Why aren't you playing fire trucks yeah. right so now? So there's a certain egocentrism of adults. <laughs> that switches back because they can't go back. Actually, I was reading age. a book recently that keeps referring to adultism. Right. And, I think that's... And it's that right. adult perspective yeah. on things. Yeah, because it, it makes me think they're looking at it and it couldn't possibly be anything I'm doing. Right. Right. Or they're so genuinely excited about the thing right. that they, you know, oh, but I'm gonna, we're gonna play the song, you know, right. I've got this yeah. whole plan, and right. and then that little piece hijacks your plan, and then yeah, you can't reflect that. The example I'm thinking of is, uh, you know, I'll have student teachers in in my room over the years, and they'll, you know, maybe when they're early on, they might bring a book to me, like, oh, do you think this would be a good book for group time? And you know, some sometimes I'm not certain if their literature selections are really going to to work mm-hmm. with the kids, but I just always tell them like, you'll know. You right. know, you, you should, if if they are not paying attention, if they're just kind of like tuning out, or even just like extra, like you know, if they're if they're not captivated by your story, you'll mm-hmm. know, and you know, and then you know you've made a sort of bad selection. But you, right. you know, I try to coach them like you have to, you know, be reading those those cues for right for for, how, for what your choices have. So have it's been. that ability, that awareness, that self awareness of mm-hmm. oh, they're. Showing me they're not engaged in this. Right. I mean, you know, I'm thinking about the so it's something who, I'm doing. who brings a book that's over a child's developmental level, whether right. it's the vocabulary sure, sometimes, yeah. or, you know, like there's a humor that's really more like elementary school humor right. than right. that preschoolers in my room don't always understand. Whatever it might be. Just, All the pun related Yeah, you can see them just are... going straight over their heads, you know, and so, yeah, it's yeah. just if you're paying yeah. attention, so, so you know you've made a bad choice and you can close that book and move on. Yeah. So part of it has to do with uh, the openness of the teacher. Uh-huh. And right. the flexibility of the teacher to be able to uh, change midstream. Right. Yeah. I was actually going to call myself out on uh, some my own challenge behavior, which that was related to my student teaching time when I was doing my very first large group. And I had a plan, and I had all these, I thought these were going to be great ideas because they were things we had done before, and there were songs that I liked, and this and that. And about... I think two or three minutes in, maybe, maybe it was a little bit longer, but very quickly the children were not interested and kind of like the tambourine example. I was like, no, I have my group. We need to do this. I have to get thinking that, well, I'm the teacher. I've got to get through this list. So there was my inflexibility of like reading the crowd and saying, okay, well, we need to be done now. Let's go do something else. I pushed through and I think it ended up being, you know, it was probably close to half an hour. (laughs) 
And after the fact, my cooperative teacher just said, so you learned a lot today. And I said, oh, yeah. And in, and because I was having that kind of close mentoring and having that you know ability to reflect, I could learn a lot. But I could see right. if I was that teacher who have, I've always done my class this way and the children weren't doing what I wanted them to do this time. Well, what was their problem? Right. I've, I've always done it this way or I've all, you know, I've worked with first graders. They're not much older than preschoolers. Why aren't they doing what I want them to do? Right. Right. And realizing how, even in this world of early childhood, how drastic the, the developmental stages could be. Right. Right. And that it's not all of a sudden, cause you turn five. Well, now, cause if you looked at the difference in age between a preschooler and a first grader is the same as a preschooler and an infant. Right. And would you do the same thing to an infant? Right. right you right. know, Exactly. And I think it's, and we, again, as adults, really, many of us haven't been rooted in development or taking these courses. Then it's, you don't really know why or how. You think that because you're three, you can use the toilet by yourself. You can make yourself, you know, maybe a sandwich of some kind, or you can do some simple, (laughs) some simple tasks (laughs) that will now, and you're speaking very clearly, you must be a little adult. Right. 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 I know the other adult challenging behavior that I can think of, which we've we've sort of touched on in some more recent episodes, is like, okay, it's time to go. Like, completely out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, get your shoes on, we're going. And the child has a major tantrum, and then the the adult's like, well, you know, what's wrong with them? Why are they, you know, why are they acting out? Why are they... Or they start threatening them with, well... We're not going to Right, and do it just like escalates and escalates and yeah. escalates, but it's so, you can see how the adult in that situation thinks that there's something wrong with that child. Right, you know, right. They're so defiant or, uh, you know, they make everything so hard and, you know, because right. they, they don't have the perspective of like, I just like completely hijacked and didn't notice right. that they were all settled in, yeah. you know, and with adults, with Legos or whatever it might be. You know, there's certain things for adults. Again, this is that taking, you know, the egocentrism of the adults, because if you were at an event... Um, now, adults have certain sort of experiential things that have happened where they know, right. oh, when the credits come up on the movie, then I'm going to go. Right. Like, right. Right. Either can tell time. as soon as it's as soon as they start, I'm leaving or I'm, right. you know, wait for <clears> that <throat> Easter egg at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. But either way, they know what they do. And right. So they have that. But still, if you in the middle of a movie say, well, you know what? Right. You're We're going to go now. We're all done. Like <laughs> That would be great. <laughs> or even if there's adults. some sort of, you know, like, I don't know, something happened and, like, we need everyone to exit the building. If you've ever been, right. like, right. I mean, even I was at the library once and there was a tornado warning, whatever. Yeah. We had to go yeah. down to the basement. Right. And all the adults, like, how upset they were. <laughs> and how the security guard literally mm-hmm. had to, like, kind of... Right. Put on his most security guard like mm-hmm. voice of mm-hmm. it's not a choice. You need to go down that door right now. Right. I and they were even like I can't even let you leave the building. You need to go down. Right. And like how many adults were like, well no, like right. I I'm in the middle right. of this or I have Being to get defiant, going. Defiant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not listening, not, not doing not following the rules. Right. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But what does the library do at five to eight or whatever right. time they they're closing? You. Like we're closing in five minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they let you know because they know that if they don't, it's going to be closing time and people are, oh yeah, I'm almost done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause adults do that all the time. I shouldn't just say adults, people, human right. beings do right. that all the time. Right. The difference is kids who have no, uh, you know, young children have no concept of time or very yeah. free flowing concept of time are the yeah. ones that we're, we expect to be able to just stop on a dime. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I think there's another angle to this too, because children are, children time. are are um 
are individuals, and they right. they're all in different they're all in different places, and to expect them all to be able to all to be able to do what you want at one time seems to me <laughs> trying to hold back the dam. Right, right, right. <laughs> And the other, the other thought I had was, and I'll go back to this soccer uh, experience. You you have to understand the um, attention span of young children too. Mm-hmm. And so if you're gonna, if 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 you haven't figured that out, and don't have something that's gonna follow, and then something next that's gonna follow, yeah. something next that's gonna follow, you're you're fighting a losing battle. And I, maybe you're kind of implying this or kind of including this, but I'm thinking too that if with that attention span, if you are the soccer coach and you've got 60 minutes worth of activities and drills, and you don't have the backup plan for when skill when thing number two isn't going what you doing what you want to do, like how do you improvise? How do you change? How do you and there's teachers who I've seen, my student teachers, who are great on the fly of like, okay, well, I guess we're going to play this game now. And they can just pull something right, out right. and they can put something together. They can kind of uh, MacGyver something. And there's those who get stuck and are like, this isn't what I was doing. This isn't what I planned for. What do I do now? And you can just see the deer in headlights of like, oh, no, this is going really bad. And I don't know how to get out of this. Exactly. Right. So yep. I think there's that thought of... If you're especially working with young children and those who are currently practitioners or maybe now more veteran parents, you're like, yep, no, I realized that all of a sudden things weren't going well and we had to do this thing instead. Yeah, we had a- some, of, some of it can be, too, watching the kids and taking some ideas from the children. Right. Right. So they might be kicking the ball and they fall. And everybody yeah. says, whoa, look at that. Let's all practice falling. Yeah, right, Because it's right. an important soccer skill. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch the World Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a... That agony, that look of agony. I don't know. An outside trainer come in sometime recently and, and said something very kind of obvious but wise, which is, behavior is a form of communication and right. so as the adult you have to be able to read the communication which is sort of what you exactly. guys were both just saying yeah. yeah so um this has been a great conversation and i hope um you know that we have future conversations but also for our listeners you know think about those times when you're getting frustrated at a child whether it's your own child or your class and think about that as oh what is the challenge behavior i'm doing why right. what why is my behavior challenging them and look at it internally mm-hmm. and um dare I say, be the adult in the, in the <laughs> equation yeah. and be the one who reflects on it. And it's not a sign of bad parenting or bad teaching that or a child's disrespect. doing that. Or disrespect. They're not disrespecting you. They're just letting you know that, oh, this is challenging this is not for working me. for me. Yeah. This is challenging for me. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the conversation. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.